the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Welcome to the show. Little Hootie and the Blowfish. I only want to be with you guys. How about that, Ken? And we want to be with you too, Doc. Yeah, here we are on the day after, what, two days after Christmas. And nice holiday. I mean, I know everybody's still upset because they were isolated and didn't get to see all of their family members. But we had a nice time. We had some of the neighbor women over last night for for, uh, supper and drinks and laughter and merriment. Oh, boy. But it was chilly out, and I had to go out and barbecue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> boy, she was she was on a tear yesterday. She was ordering and throwing, and you do this, and you do that. And yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm trying to keep up. Uh, we you, got it. you know, and when women are making a holiday dinner. You got to do what there, they say. There's a it's lot just, of stress involved in that. They're trying to time all these things perfectly to come out at the same time. And there's, yep, it yep. starts. It starts, you know, like a day and a half earlier. At least it did in my house this year. And oh yeah. So we'll you, you, when they say I need this done here, you just you do it. yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yes, and then enjoy it while you eat it, and that's what happened. And <laughs> she started. Well, she starts three days early because she marinates. Uh, she gets this special cut of beef from the uh, Korean supermarket, and she makes this marinade with uh, pears and honey and garlic and onion and soy sauce and a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, and then she puts that all in a bag and lets it ferment for three days. And so it turns out to be pretty tasty. Everybody loves it. You see, if, it were meant, if, if holiday dinners were left up to guys, we'd, the, the pizza business would do a booming business. They, uh, they'd be. Uh, on Christmas. They'd be making more money than anybody over the <laughs> <Exactly>. holidays. <laughs> oh, but she was on a tear. So she's trying to put away some shirts she ironed for me. And I've got these, these two barn door sliding doors on my closet. And she couldn't get one of them open because... There was some uh, computer equipment in the way, so she just jammed that thing and knocked it off the track. (laughs) And, I mean, this thing's too heavy for me to put back on by myself. Of course, she didn't say a word. Mm -hmm. Well, But I got got the son to help me. (laughs) Good idea. That's okay, dear. Don't worry about it. Just go back to what you're doing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) She's too cute. <laughs> well, we have the secret for long marriages, Doc. We know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know, you got to love it. And uh, so I was singing the Hootie and the Blowfish song this morning. I only want to be with you. And she was giggling. Makes her laugh. That's good. <laughs> at any rate, I got to tell you, we had one of the guys at the station. I uh, had to admit him to the hospital for the COVID coronavirus. Oh, my. Well, let's not give any names, but just say. No, I'm not going to give any names. But, boy, he was sick as a dog. Now, he had some underlying autoimmune problems. And, uh you know, I was worried, but we, 
gave him the five-day remdesivir dosage, and he's doing better now. I think we'll be able to get him home by early next week. I'm glad to hear but, that. Yeah, it was looking, uh, it was it was touch and go. And I told him, I said, you know, I, you you've got a, a chance of dying from this. And he said, I realize that, but uh, what are you going to do? You just yeah. take it as it comes. But you know, he had he has a bad underlying problem, and uh, that affected his immune system. I'm sure, which mm-hmm. made it more difficult for him to fight this off. But with the remdesivir, I think we're we've turned the corner. I think we're going to do okay with it. You know, the vaccine's so close for everybody. It's kind of like the you know you hate to see the last guy in war get killed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know? Like all's all's quiet on the Western Front. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, so. Uh, he's, oh, he's, by the way, I got my vaccine oh, Tuesday. How you feel? I feel okay. You know, my arm was sore for a day or two, and. Uh, you know, maybe just a little itty bitty headache, nothing really. It's the second dose that's really going to tell the tale, though. You know, that that's going to be like getting the uh, shingles vaccine. You know, I know I'm going to be achy and, and have a fever for a day or two, but that's all right. I'll take what comes. I, I need to get immune to this thing and, and make sure I'm taking care of all my people. I didn't realize how many people count on me, Ken. All these people are calling me and wanting answers and information and stick them in the hospital. And, oh, my God. But I got to tell you, we had uh, an incident with the vaccine. Now, I went Tuesday to Northside Hospital because that was the queue that I fell into for the first uh, round, the frontline tier one workers. And uh, we actually got the vaccine at St. Pete General the next day. And so Thursday, uh, we were giving it at our little hospital across the street. And my wife, who's still on staff at the hospital, and she's a nurse practitioner, I grabbed her little skinny butt and dragged her over there, and we got her vaccinated. Uh, but they had, it was the Pfizer, the, the, they had some doses of the Pfizer they were trying to use up. I think it was about 150 doses or something. And they ended up with 15 or 20 extra doses. And you know what? The, the, uh, the FDA and the corporate moguls, you know, the bureaucrats in, in Atlanta and the bureaucrats in, in Nashville that run uh, HCA, they had decreed that you could not give it to anybody other than tier one workers. So they had to waste a whole bunch of, of doses. You're, because, you're kidding. No, because the Pfizer vaccine uh, goes bad quickly. And they had security guards there watching it. And it's under lock and key. And the, the pharmacist can't even open up the freezer without the security guard there. That's scandalous, Doc. I, you know, and I, and and I was talking with the medical director, and uh, and he and I agreed that this is really not right. And I think it's worth mentioning on on uh, on radio and the media, and I want this to get out to the nation that this is stupid. It's ridiculous. If we've got extra doses, then we should have people uh, on tap, on call, that we can call and say, "Look, we've got some extra doses. Get in here now." Yeah, have all but, the fire departments gotten all their doses? I mean, there's got to be a way. To filter this oh, down. Absolutely. You know, I don't know who who has what frontline workers have not gotten it in the St. Pete area because we've been pretty proactive. You know, we have one of the oldest populations in the world here, and we have more nursing homes per capita than anywhere else on the planet. And so we uh, are actually at the very front of the line, so to speak. I think the the only thing that really got me upset is Biden got his a day before I got mine. <laughs> And he said he wasn't going to take it as long as that man was president. 
course, that lasted about. As soon as you know, somebody say you want the vaccine, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, yeah about two seconds after I figured out exactly. the election. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, they're so phony. At any rate, what are we doing letting bureaucrats dictate all of this? I mean, you know, you've got to give us clinicians some some recognition and some responsibility. I mean, we're the ones who are doing this. We're the ones who are seeing the patients and uh, administering the vaccines and overseeing the distribution and all that. It's just, Ken, it's just really stupid. Uh, and it's just another, uh, an, another example of how bureaucrats really uh, should not be in charge of, of frontline battle work. You know, I've yeah. said it all along. Fauci should never been put in charge of this. Uh, he is not a he's not an in, in the trench frontline soldier. He's a guy in a basement in, in the CDC in Atlanta doing research. What the heck does he know about taking care of sick people and about how to properly administer a hospital and and vaccinations and dosages? And guys like this are making they're making decisions. And he's the one who said, oh, we won't have a vaccine for two years. Remember that last? Yeah, sure did. Yeah. And what did Dr. Bill say last March? We'll have it by the fall. You did. I did. You absolutely did. And there you are absolutely right on target. And it came out before December 21st. That's right. Still the fall. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I hope that Somebody who has some power or has the ear of people in power is listening to the show today and that they will uh, somehow push for a little bit more liberalization of the administration of the vaccine as well as the distribution because we know what we're doing. Hey, any arm any arm is better than throwing it away. You know what I mean? Any arm. Any is arm. Just go off the streets. Hey, we got an extra one. Come on, here. And, I, you know, I'm... I mean, I'm appalled. I took my son over yesterday, and I said, have you got an extra dose? And they said, Doc, we can't do it. And they said, you know, there's security guards here, and he's not on the on the staff. And even though if he's working in your office over the holidays, uh, we can't do it. But hopefully next week we'll be a little bit more uh, loose. You know, the rules will loosen up some. But apparently the corporation and the CDC is dictating to, to our our medical directors, what can and cannot go down. And a really scary thing, Doc, is if the doses are going to waste here, they're going to waste yeah. everywhere, Yeah, oh, all yeah, across the country. It. You know it. Yes, exactly. You this know is, it. This is, this, your show has never made me angry before, Doc, but you're getting, you're getting me pretty riled up here. Well, I was upset, too. I mean, you know, I, I understood that, that my son's not on staff and, and that he has to wait. He's not tier one. Okay, that's fine. And he, he understood, and he said, I'm not upset, Pops. We'll get it in a week or two. I said, yeah, and he's going to be around. But, you know, they could have given it to somebody. Yeah, don't don't let it go bad. I mean, they could have they could have called uh, the, the pink ladies in, you know, the, the <laughs> older women that volunteer and get them to come in sure. and give them a shot. Absolutely. This is ridiculous. It, it, it's just, it's criminal, really. It's yeah. criminal. Your tax dollars being wasted there, ladies and gentlemen, too. By the way. Well, uh, you know, I, the money is not a big deal, but uh, certainly the the irresponsibility yeah. is is, is uh, enormous, in my opinion. And by the way, we've given over two million doses of the vaccine now in the past week week and a half, so not bad for a rollout. Yep. Now, if we if we can do ten times that next week. Um, then I think we'll really be on the way. And I'm very hopeful, very hopeful. The only problem is this thing seems to be mutating, but nobody knows for sure whether it's for good or ill. 
the spike protein, is, if it mutates to the point where the antibodies can't recognize it anymore, then we're going to have to develop another vaccine. Uh, the good news is that this thing does not mutate as quickly as the influenza virus. And so uh, there's some more stability here. And so far, it looks like the vaccine, uh, the antibodies that we make to the S protein, the spike protein, uh, is still effective even against the mutated viruses. But we don't know for sure. We'll have to wait and see. And it may be that, that it may mutate to the point where it's not that in, invasive. It may be more infectious, but less, less uh, uh, and critical, you know, less sickening. So we, we don't know. There's a lot of ifs that's still uh, are floating around about this. And, you know, think about it, though. We really haven't had that many deaths. I mean, I know a lot of people are upset because grandma died. But, uh, you know, 250, 300,000 people, that's not a whole lot of deaths for, for a worldwide pandemic when, they're, when we have, what, 330, 340 million people in our country? Is that the – I think that's the population. Somewhere around now. there, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. So I mean, look at the death rate in the, in the uh, 1918 pandemic. It was much worse than what we're oh, seeing now. There was, what, 60 million people worldwide, a couple of million people in the United States alone. And really 150 million here at the time. So the ratio yeah, was, it, it was yeah, it was terrible. Big, yeah. It was terrible. And, and plus you had all these people who ended up disabled because there was no antibiotics. There was no antiviral treatment. So they, even if they got over it, a lot of them had chronic lung problems. Yeah. Very sad. And, uh, and it hit mostly the 20 to 40-year-olds because they were the ones who had no immunity. Uh, the older people had been through a pandemic in the late uh, 19th century, and then the younger people didn't seem to be, you know, under 20, just like now, they didn't seem to be as affected by it. So it was really the uh, young adults that, that suffered the most. Lost a whole so, generation there, pretty much. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a tough time. And yeah. that was right after World War One. so... It was even more, uh, you know, more egregious and more more damaging to that generation. So I think history but will judge us. It. I think history will judge our us pretty well on this. Oh, I think we've done an amazing job. I don't know of any vaccine at any time in history that has rolled out as fast as this. I mean, they started working on this in February or March, and we've got it in December. There is no vaccine in history that has come out this fast. None. Really is incredible. Yeah. It is incredible. Now, the only problem I'm saying is that, uh, you know, the nurses who are who have some knowledge, but not a lot, half of them don't want to get it. That surprises me. I think I would think everybody in your field would want one. All the doctors I know are getting it. Yeah. And they all want their wives and their kids to get it. Uh, But the nurses, half the ICU nurses, most of them in the ICU at our hospital are not going to get it. I'm like, are you guys crazy? What are you thinking? And all the, you know, but they don't understand. So I have to sit down and explain to them that this is not uh, a, a piece of DNA that's going to go inside of your your cell uh, uh, nucleus and alter your genetics. This is RNA, which is the the messenger part of the genetic material, and it only stays out in the cytoplasm and doesn't get into the nucleus where your where your DNA and your genetic uh, information is. This, the cytoplasm is where the proteins are made. So once this little piece of, uh, of uh, RNA gets inside the, the cell, these dendritic cells, it's laid down on the ribosomes, which are like the factories. They're the assembly lines. And it opens up and it lays down on the ribosome. And then uh, there's little uh, carrier proteins that will bring in amino acids. The amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. 
and you know the the uh, the RNA encodes for a specific sequence of amino acids, which are little uh, pieces of proteins, and then they get put together, and all of a sudden you have a spike protein, which is not infectious. It's just the spike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's not the virus. It's just the, the little thing that sticks off the virus. And then the white blood cell that, that uh, manufactures this sticks it out on its cell membrane. And another white blood cell called a T lymphocyte comes along and picks it up and starts making antibodies. And that's how the whole thing works. And it's just too cool. I mean, this is some of the neatest new uh, medical and pharmaceutical and genetic and immunologic technology I mean, this is this is like Jenner in the 1780s writing a paper on on smallpox vaccination and starting the whole field of uh, of immunology and vaccinations in the Western world. So, especially if we've speeded up the process so dramatically now, oh, for the future, it's amazing. They may it's look back and say, "This is the time when everybody lived to you know began to live there forever." And and you know we have now uh, a new technology that is shown to work it's working yes we see people building antibodies and uh we haven't seen any real long-term side effects yet a few people have had allergic reactions we think to the propylene glycol which is one of the solvents that we use uh it's a solvent that i use in my toenail gel but it's a rare individual that's allergic to it and it's in foodstuffs it's in medicines it's in pills it's it's a it's a very common uh uh, solvent that we use, you know, it's almost u- as ubiquitous as alcohol and water in terms of processing and making food and, and drugs and and uh, uh, creams and ointments, so on and so forth. But, yeah, but just about every every reaction is making headline news right now, and that's probably not good. Well, the, you know, the press goes crazy. I mean, you got, what, a handful of, what, five or ten people that have had an allergic reaction. Exactly. They yeah. go to the ER, they get a shot of adrenaline, they get some Benadryl, they get a Medrol dose pack and a breathing treatment, they go home. Right, <laughs> and I've had I had an I've had an anaphylactic reaction. I've had a, a serious allergic reaction and had to go to the ER and get all that. But you know, with our our medications and our technology now, I mean, you're not going to die from it unless you have a, something else going on. You can't get to the to the hospital, and we're making everybody sit for 15 to 20 minutes afterwards to make sure they don't have an, an allergic reaction. We won't give them their their little immunization card if they leave early. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have that. So we got him, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Doc. If you see any Morgan, uh, you know, thrown away, give me a call. I'll be there in twenty minutes. So, well, you know, I, I actually I was sitting over at Northside, and and uh, the, one of the nurses came by and said, "Did you get your card, your immunization card?" I said, "No." And so she handed me mine and signed it. And then another nurse came along and said, "Did you get your immunization card?" And I said, "No." <laughs> so I've got an extra. <laughs> So if if you need to get on an airplane and you haven't gotten the shot yet, give me a call and I'll auction this sucker off. <laughs> put it on eBay. <laughs> I'll put it on eBay. It'd probably go for at least two grand. Oh, at least I would think so. Oh yeah, yeah. So at any rate, we've got this thing. Uh, I, I think we're I think we've got a handle on it. I think we're we're on the downside of, of the of the uh, of the panic over this and I, I think we're going to be fine I, i'm really hopeful i'm just really upset over the uh maldistribution and the the mismanagement of all this and, and i don't know it well, just once word gets out that that's going on it'll it'll they'll put a stop to it yeah and i think that it's important that uh as 
this show has been a leader in, in leading the country through this, that I speak out and speak out early and speak out strong about it. So, and I don't hold this against any of the, uh, of the hierarchy at the hospital because they're just following directives from the CDC, uh, FDA, and from the corporate moguls who uh, are very afraid of lawsuits and litigation. And, you know, their legal department says, if that's what the CDC and the FDA says, you have to do it. And, I, you know, I have to laugh because uh, back in the spring, the administrator, he asked me what I thought of Plaquenil and if he should take it. And, you know, I've been taking it. I don't take it now because I got the vaccine, so I quit. But I took it all along. My sisters, they think that I'm just following it because Trump did it. I'd been doing it well, the way before he took it. And he quit doing it, by the way. And he got sick. <laughs> that's right. What's yeah. that tell you? And I'm in the front lines seeing COVID patients every week. <laughs> and I haven't gotten sick. I mean, wait a minute. No, you're fine, Doc. You're good. I'm okay. Yeah, you, you took the vaccine now. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad everything's well. And you didn't grow spikes on your head or anything like that. So not yet. Everybody should be out there getting the vaccine when they can. So I, you know, I told. So the the, the administrator says, well, the CDC CDC has an approved Plaquenil for prophylaxis for the virus. I'm like, the FDA, the CDC. Do you think I care what the hell they say? I mean, come on, they follow, they don't lead, and that that's not true in every circumstance, but certainly in this, the clinicians have been in the leadership role and have been pushing these guys and gals to uh, do what's right uh, for not only for the whole population, but, but for us too, for the, the frontline workers and the, the protective gear and all that. And, uh, you know, for us in this area, we've got tons of and tons of uh, equipment and gear. And I mean, you know, we're throwing masks away after going in one room, but uh, people in North Dakota, I was talking with a nurse who's visiting next door and, you know, they're, they're having a hard time. They're struggling they don't have enough equipment and they're having a big surge. So they don't have enough personnel. They're running out of nurses. So it, it is a real phenomena. Uh, I think the logistics of it are important. And certainly again, I will say that we must have better control over the distribution of the vaccine. You've got to let the clinicians use their common sense. It just has to be that way. You can't have people sitting in a, in a, a, a ivory tower in Atlanta telling us how to distribute this when there's no logic to what they're saying. You know, it doesn't make any sense. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, they're thinking somebody's going to steal the vaccine and sell it or uh, misuse it, you know, and it'll go bad and they'll give it to somebody and that person will think that they're immune and all that. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. We will take care of it. I have great confidence you will not waste it. Yes. I'm not going to waste it. So it looks like the president's getting into it with Congress over the stimulus bill and over the Section 230 that he wants uh, undone, you know, this uh, uh, this part of the, of the FCC bill that regulates uh, the media and uh, the, the, the press and all that. And this whole thing was passed originally back in the 1930s uh, to protect against pornography in, in uh, broadcasting and media and in the press and, and then in the, what was then the burgeoning radio and, and they foresaw the television coming at that time. You know, it was in its infancy. I don't think it really came out till what, the 
the mid 40s was the first time that the TV was made public. But uh, and then this was tweaked again in the 1990s, and the Section 230 of this bill uh, gave a pass to social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that, and it protected them from liability suits and from uh, prosecution. It gave them an, an immunity as long as they follow the uh, the guidelines regarding pornography because we have to protect our, our poor little children from pornography. Of course, pedophiles are okay, but pornography is bad. So I don't know, you know, once again, what our government was thinking. Uh, obviously, they're not thinking that far into the future. Or they, I, I guess they just don't have the vision, Ken. You know, it, 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 I've said this before. I just don't think a lot of these guys are as smart as, you know, they may be smart at crafting laws and at reading law books and debating, but I don't think that they're that smart when it comes to the technology and the long-range uh, projections of what kind of effect it's going to have on us. And they try to regulate things that they don't know how to how to or what to regulate? You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't well, they, make they were they were trying to make sure that the the internet succeeded. I mean, no, you didn't have for a long time. You didn't have to pay any tax if you bought anything on the internet. They were trying to help the internet as much as they could. I don't think they envisioned that Facebook would become this Goliath, you know, and Amazon would become this Goliath, and these huge corporations would be pretty much take over social media and push the little guys out. So it really doesn't. I mean, we need to go back and look at the internet law now. Well, the FCC does have a lot of power to uh, regulate, and yeah. this has gone through the Supreme Court a couple times in the 30s and 40s, and again in the 90s and 2000s, that uh, they can make the rules, so they can undo some of the stuff that Section 230 is, has done to protect the uh, uh, the burgeoning, the, the, the infant, nascent uh, Internet social media. Uh, but, you know, once again, it just goes to show you, it's like, the government got involved in medicine in the 60s with Medicare and Medicaid, and then in the 70s with uh, starting the HMOs. And, you know, the HMOs got a pass for a couple of decades. So all these big companies started their HMOs, and their HMOs didn't have to pay taxes. They didn't have to pay any taxes on the profits, so they got them going. And, of course, they were taking money out of your pocket and my pocket and putting it in somebody else's pocket. Um, and the people that were getting the money were the people that were taking advantage of what they saw as a government uh, boondoggle and a government giveaway program. And they started these HMOs, and some of them got filthy rich, stinking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars rich. And uh, I mean, I know, I know people that uh, you know, I know the Dam Colors. I know Gary Dam Color. He started one, and he he sold his for 120 million dollars. Whoa. <laughs> $120 million, went out and bought himself a jet. Why not? Yeah, you know, and, uh, okay, what did he do to, to deserve $120 million? He cut my fees down, and he made sure that people didn't get the care that they probably deserved, but uh, the uh, moguls didn't think it was necessary for their health. And, you know. Law is it, always behind reality. Yeah, and, you know, you... You, you just, anytime the government gets involved, it increases the cost of everything and it, it, it boogles everything all up and gets everything in a mess. And then they have to go back and untangle it. You know, it's almost a, like a self-perpetuating job for them. If they pass a law, they know eventually they're going to have to come back and, and readdress it. 
and uh, continue to keep their jobs. Job because, security, that's right, Doc. That's job security because then they say, well, this isn't right. The, the guys that passed this 20 years ago, they made some mistakes. So now we're going to fix it for you people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll right. be here in 20 years to fix it again. So, Yeah, and, and you know, our pockets will still be. Even bigger, hey, did that's you, right. Did you realize that the stimulus bill, do you know where the money's coming from? Where it's coming from? It's coming yeah, from it's us. Good. Everything comes from us. Yeah, it comes from us. And you know who they're giving it to? Uh, I've heard us. everything from foreign governments to... They're giving it to us. And then you know what? They're giving it back to us, huh? We have to. Then we have to give it back to them again. Of course. This is a circle. You can't get money unless we tax it. So we'll give you some I'm, money and we'll tax it. I'm getting dizzy here. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> well, sit down, no, Doc, and relax. I'll play a commercial. We can regroup. Yeah, we got to go to commercial. I, I'm, I'm going to pass out here real quick. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill. Don't go away. we got a great show today. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. Doctors, nurses, elderly people are all getting the shot across the European Union today, that first dose of the coronavirus vaccine. Some countries started administering the doses a day early, but today is the big formal rollout for the 27-nation bloc. It's projected to send a unifying message that the vaccine is safe and Europe's best chance to emerge from the pandemic. Japan, meantime, is barring entry of all non-resident foreign nationals as a precaution against a new and potentially more contagious coronavirus variant that has been spreading across the U.K. It's not clear if it's any more deadly than the original, however. And federal agents converged yesterday at the home of a possible person of interest in the explosion that rocked downtown Nashville on Christmas morning. They aren't saying much about what they found. This is SRN News. I am Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727 727- Five four five nine six seven four. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. It's really fantastic. You know, I'm pretty active sports-wise, and no muscle strains. I get up in the morning. I have no stiff back. Nothing. I never get sick. I mean, literally, never get sick. And if I feel like there's a little something coming on, I'll take like the mega dose. Next day, it's gone. I mean, just my overall health is fantastic. And I, I plan on continue taking this because I'm convinced that it absolutely contributes to your well-being, to your health, to keeping you healthy. Let your body do what it's supposed to do. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code results. Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go with our mobile app, theanswertampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Hi, it's you, Hugh, and I am back after Christmas. I hope you had a very good and quiet Christmas. I hope that the news is good on the virus. We will catch up on all of the weekend's news and on whether or not David Perdue and Kelly Leffler are doing well in Georgia on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6 on AM 860, The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny today, high 66. Tonight, a moonlit sky, low 51. Tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy and pleasant, high 70. Tomorrow night, a moonlit sky, low 54. A mix of sun and clouds on Tuesday, high around 70. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Brian May for AM860, The Answer. with you and I am with you. I'm back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. A little bit of the Hootie and the Blowfish there. I love that song, Ken. I, that's one of my favorite songs of all times. Oh, I love Makes it too. Me. I was uh, actually still a DJ back when that was popular, so I get to play oh, it. Oh, wow. I used to cool. play it a lot. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Z back then. I was Kenny Z, man. Good morning, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, any rate, did, did you hear about this explosion in Nashville? I'm sure everybody oh, did. Oh, certainly, yes. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, I guess they don't know exactly or they're not really saying much about what what the deal is. But apparently they think it was a suicide bomber. Now they found some human tissue near the explosion or in the explosion or whatever. And so they're not sure if it was a suicide bombing or not. And out in front of an AT&T substation, one of their relay stations knocked out service to a lot of Tennessee and parts of southern Kentucky and northern Alabama, from what I understand. And uh uh, 41 businesses were materially damaged. Several homes were blown up. Apparently, it was a decent-sized bomb. Must have been to do all that damage. And it had the uh, unique characteristic of having a warning issued beforehand from a speaker. Which makes you makes you wonder. 
was this meant for the police and first responders? I don't, yeah, it's just so odd. I don't get any of this right now, yeah. Uh, it, it, it really there was a 15 minute them. if you don't know there was a 15 minute warning somebody yeah, there was a tape playing yeah. they, got, they got all the people out of their homes in that they did. area they, yeah. apparently they're, they, other than this human tissue that they found in the debris they haven't had any deaths there, I think were three people hospitalized and with minor injuries but uh, unbelievable that yeah, they so got away it wasn't meant to kill it doesn't look like it was meant to kill it was meant to destroy I guess AT&T, I don't know what the, what they were thinking of, but it, if you give a warning, you're going to get people out of the way. So he did at least that, whoever this person was. Well, yeah, and the, and the authorities are saying they think it's an intentional act. that This van was parked out in front of the AT&T building. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know if it's terrorist or <clears throat> if it's just some homegrown nut or uh, some of the never uh, police people, the anti-police people that uh, – wanted to kill more police, and uh, who knows. Uh, I would think that they were trying to pull in first responders, police, and, and firemen and all that and, and get them blown up. But apparently uh, the police reacted quickly and got everybody out and cleared the area. And yeah. It's property damage, 99% of it, so that's... We may never know exactly. We may never know. Yeah. But, oh, well, the FBI will figure that out. They'll figure out who did it. They, yeah, they may figure out who they I thought they were at somebody's house in Nashville yesterday, I know. So. Yeah, yeah, apparently apparently there was a, a, there was a, a, an RV parked in a backyard that fit that description, and I guess they've gotten a bunch of leads. Oh. And so they went to that house to see what it was all about. And uh, they have people of interest, so they say, and they're not sure if this was one person or many people. Well, they'll figure so, it out. They'll figure it out, but you know, have you ever seen how they uh, how they can fingerprint these bombs? It's just, it's utterly amazing. I mean, the technology is beyond belief. They can actually tell how many different types of gunpowder or explosives were in in the mix, uh, what they are. Uh, they can tra- trace it back to where it was manufactured. Um, they can trace pieces of the bomb, and they can actually look at the uh, the wiring that goes into it, and if they can find the the wire strippers, they can actually trace the wire strippers to the wire. Did you know that? That's amazing. I didn't know that, yeah, just from the scrapes they, it make, I guess. Yeah. Because every instrument, every yeah. tool has a little bit different uh, microscopic uh, damages, markings. Everything is really unique, and with our high-powered microscopes, our electron microscopes, our uh, uh, nuclear imaging, and uh, our gas chromatography, and all of these different techniques and technology that we have, they can actually sit down with a piece of wire and look at how it was cut and look at the end that was cut and then take the tool and uh, and actually match it to that wire and so they can track this stuff down. Uh, it's just incredible. So they're going to figure it out. It's going to take them a little while, but they'll they'll get them um, if there's somebody to get. If there's anybody still alive, if it was one person, a suicide bomber, then obviously they're not going to capture that person. But I would think you'd have to have some help uh, in making something that size and 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 getting it in and out. You'd you'd have to have some trail or somebody who was covering for you. You know what I mean? Uh, you would have to be reading something on the internet. There, there'll be some trace somewhere. Yeah, there'll have to be something yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So I think we'll get to the bottom of it, but uh, 
Boy, what a way to wake up on Christmas morning at 6.30 a.m. Yeah, okay. Get out. <laughs> the neighborhood's yeah. going to be blown up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. So, hey, Haven't we got enough to worry about? Thank you for the, ending the year with that, sir, whoever you are. Well, fortunately, there was no, you know, no, as far as we know, no casualties, no yeah. major deaths. So that that's good. And we can replace the property. But, you know, what a disruption. What a terrible thing. Oh, my goodness. Well, those things are always scary for the whole nation because you never know. You never know. Yeah, because is there something else know. coming now? Right, exactly. Yeah, is somebody else going to do it? Do we have a copycat, or is this a, is this a group of people that are planning to do this across the nation? And, right. Uh, do I have to be afraid of all RVs now, or whatever? Well, I'm not getting in one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can take it. Do some camping. Get an RV. Get out there. Go to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know you can rent those things easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole uh, there's a whole website. There's two or three websites that are devoted to people who have bought these RVs and actually um, and have timeshare kind of things. Lease them out, uh, so you can go to a website and you can go here in Tampa, St. Pete, and you can find several campers RVs from anything from from a small uh, four wheeler to a, a big six wheeler uh, at all different prices, different times and. You can schedule it online just like you would uh, vacation at a resort. So that's a that's a whole little industry within itself, and uh, uh, and apparently it's a it's a big deal. A lot, especially with the pandemic, a lot of people are out traveling in these things because they don't have to be in a hotel, they don't have to be around other people. They can stay in their own little area. They can camp outside at a KOA or a, a, a state or national park. Yeah, I heard. I heard RV sales went through the roof around oh, yeah. April or May. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Bicycles too. Hmm. My bicycle guy, he he could not keep them in stock. He said we've never sold so many bicycles. Nope. And, you know that's not that's not a high uh, income industry to own a bicycle shop, but they're doing well. They're doing well this year. So people want to get out and they want to do things. But they're and doing they're, it safely in some in yeah, the, and in do that it safely. Case, yeah. And you know, if you're outside, if you're camping out, if you're in an RV camp, uh, you're and you're outside at a campfire, the risk of catching the virus from airborne uh, droplets is nil because the wind shear breaks them up and moves everything along. You know, you're 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 really pretty safe outdoors. That's why we try to eat outside when we go out to dinner. But uh, it is fascinating, and you know, Ken, even here in in St. Pete, we have a county park, Fort DeSoto. And it is world famous, and I did not realize this. They actually have a campground, and it's booked months in advance, months in advance. And you can bring your RV, you can bring your your tent, and, you know, set up. And it's really quite a a fun thing. My sister used to come down and do that with her husband. Yeah, folks probably come down for the winter, I imagine, just stay. Oh, yeah, they come down in the the middle of winter and stay a week or two, and it's, you know, it's it's a great time. There's a boat ramp. There's fishing. There's a beautiful beach there in Fort DeSoto, beautiful white sand. You can watch the sunset. It, it just is an amazing part of the world. And, uh, you know, it's another reason why you can do some RVing. You know, it's a way to get out and do something. We had an RV for a while when the uh, tow ones, you know, they put it in the back yeah. of you and just tow it around. So it was, it was it was fun. Did it when the kids were growing up. We saw a lot of places. I went to, uh, you know, South Dakota. And Wyoming, places like that. So it was, it's a lot of fun. You should try it, Doc. 
Yeah, well, I want to, and uh, the wife wanted to for a while, but now she doesn't want to anymore. She's she's into something else. She wants to go on cruises and and have, you know, a big suite and have a, a butler outside taking care of and doing everything for. That's kind of the way we went too. We went from RVing to cruising. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you, the cruising <laughs> is <age>. a, <laughs> cruising is a lot more comfortable. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. less work. Oh, a ton less work. RV, yeah. You got to get out and do some work. You got to hook you it do. up. You got to empty yeah. the 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 sewage. You got to right. fill up the water tank. Make sure it's and, level. Yeah, there's a lot of work with an RV. People, yeah, it's a lot of work. But yeah. for younger people, I think it's a it's a lot of fun. Exactly. We were in our 40s back then, so it was no big deal. But. Now yeah. in our 60s, cruising is the way to go, Doc. Cruising, baby. And when are they going to let us cruise? What is this? I guess not till uh, next spring now, it looks like. Looks like it. I guess yeah. we'll have to have uh, 60 to 70% of the population vaccinated. I would think that the cruise companies would be clamoring to get their people vaccinated because, you know, that's the source of a lot of the pandemics on the cruise ships are the, uh, are the employees, they pick it up when they go home to the Philippines or Taiwan or wherever, uh, or Eastern Europe, uh, and then they come back and they spread it around the ship. So I would think that the, the cruise companies would want to be in the front of the queue to uh, to get immunized, get their people immunized, and that would be a good thing. That industry is suffering terribly. Yes, it is. It's a, terribly. They're tearing they're tearing boats apart now. It's getting so yeah, bad. They're, yeah, they're they're just it's it's really. Uh, you know, you see these huge thousand-foot-long luxury liners that have everything from soup to nuts, and and they're taking them to the junkyard, cutting them up, and selling them for scrap. Yeah, very it's sad. It's just amazing. But it'll get better. We'll get there. You and I we'll go on a cruise. There. We'll get on a cruise we'll one there. of these days. You and I together. I, you know, we'll I'm, I'm so I'm hopeful, and I feel really good about getting the vaccine. I I urge everybody the first chance you get to get out there and get it. And, uh, you know, look, even if you grow an extra arm and you survive the <laughs> pandemic, you're still alive. Yeah. And you can always use an extra arm. Who gets right? Who can lose? You can always use another hand. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, now you can, you know, hold your knife, fork and spoon at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and really shovel it in. <laughs> so at any rate, I, I was talking about earlier in the show about the uh, Communications Act of 1930s, and then it was amended again in the 1990s. And this was, uh, Ken, as I told you, this was passed primarily to prevent uh, the distribution of pornography uh, on media. And so in the 90s, they gave the, uh, the, the nascent, the, the infantile social media a pass on some of this and held them uh, immune from litigation. Yeah, what was there back there, MySpace? I think that was it. They had, like, MySpace, and that was it as far as social yeah, I think media. So, and, didn't AOL, didn't they start? AOL models? may have had something too, yeah, like that. I think they had something too. Yeah. So now the debate is, <clears throat> do they, or should they still be uh, given a pass, or should they be treated like uh, the rest of the media and uh, be held responsible? And so if they say something that's not true or or they uh, are unfair, and, you know, you're you're supposed to give, if, if you give the Democrats some airtime on your on your news service, on your CNN, you're supposed to give the Republicans some time. If you have one ad, you're supposed to have another ad allowed to, to kind of balance everything out. And I think one of the complaints the president had is that social media was not held to that same standard and that, you know, a lot of people go just on what they read and see on social media. My sons, for 
one who does that. He doesn't he doesn't research. He doesn't do what I do or sit down and, and, and look at the history and, and go back and read this, the actual uh, laws and, and the litigation and the, the court cases and all that. He doesn't look at that. He just reads, reads little snippets on social media. And I understand that. You know, he's, he's busy. He's in graduate school. He's trying to get through, and he's got a life to lead. And, you know, young people, they're not going to spend the time doing this. They, they're on the move. You know what I mean? Life's too yeah. short. Life's short, and they're on their way up. That's right. They're missing a lot on the way up, though. They, well, you just can't. You have to. You have to read both sides sometimes. Figure out yeah, where you are. You got to look at. You got to look at the whole thing. That's and, right. You know, and uh, it, most people don't know that the Communications Act of 1934 was passed specifically because of uh, the spread of pornography and the, the the government foreseeing that television would be coming along, and they didn't want it to turn into what it's turned into now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you can get whatever you want. <laughs> you, but now they got parental control and all that, and you can tweak your uh, internet provider's feed to your house so that your kids can't watch. Uh, you know, Debbie Does Dallas or some nonsense like that. Yeah, it was but, the, uh, you know the seven dirty words that George Carlin always talked about. So that's what yeah. it basically was there for. Yeah, and but the section two thirty. Uh, it, it's it's interpretable by the FCC, and I think they need to step up here and uh, and hold some of these social media platforms responsible, just as they do uh, the news, radio, us, you and me, Ken. I mean, we have to live by a different set of laws than the social media does. Are they too big? Should they be breaking up? Should they be breaking up Facebook? I mean, we broke up AT&T. We've broken up a lot of conglomerates in this country over the years. Should we be breaking up Facebook and Amazon and places like that? What do you think? I think that uh, it would be a good idea because you've given a lot of power to a very small, you know, this is an elite uh, oligarchy of, of technocrats who are... We're not the richest people in the world, you know. They're, they're the richest people in the world. I mean, you know, uh, you're talking about a guy that owns that started Facebook from his college dorm room, and now he's worth what fifty billion, a hundred billion, I way mean, up there, more than I you mean, and I will ever see. That's for sure. And 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 some of these guys, their arrogance is just—it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable, and they're they're like, you can't touch me. And I guess with all their money, they're probably right. Yeah, but they go into Congress, they smirk. You know, it's it's not, it's yeah, it's let's show them what the power yeah. of the people can do. Yeah, let's show them, and, and we have that. And, uh, of course, now we're going to have to convince the Democrats, but wait till they turn on the Democrats, and all of a sudden the Democrats will start uh, saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. This Section 230 shouldn't apply to you. You know, it should apply over here, and you're not immune anymore, and we're going to hold you accountable, and then it'll change. But I don't know. You would think the Democrats would want to break up these big conglomerates. They're the ones who love this antitrust stuff. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So you would think they'd be right they there next year. Oh, well, you know, we'll see they, what happens. They should jump on this. I mean, they really, you know, this is this is this is a sword that's double edged and it's going to swing both ways. And you know, if you let it let it swing one way and think it's not going to come back and hit you, <laughs> you you don't know your history. That's exactly right. You have not been paying attention. You've not been listening to Dr. Bill. So the FCC has broad interpretive authority over this uh, over this Section 230, and, you know, they should step up right away and do something. And, I, 
you know, whether you love Trump or hate him, he has really uh, brought to light a lot of big problems that our country has to face. I mean, we have to face the 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 unfettered power of social media. We have to face a growing uh, Chinese threat to to our our uh, influence in the world, and and that's important. These things are very important. And oh, by the way, you know, we've got uh, twenty four Democratic governors and twenty six Republican governors. We've got thirty one Republican state houses, and we also have the Minnesota Senate that's Republican. So we, we're not powerless. We're not powerless, Ken. Not at all, no. Not, not at all. And we have to keep thumping away because we are going to win this. And it might take a, another generation. And it might be very slow. And it might, uh, it might be very painful at times. But we have to keep fighting and we have to keep, uh, keep um, moving forward on this and not give up. And I know a lot of people were discouraged when, when Trump lost. Uh, whether he really lost or not is another debate. You know, I, I think that he probably uh, was cheated out of it. But nevertheless, that's that's our democracy. He won't be sworn in. Let's just say that. It doesn't look like he he's going to be sworn, sworn in. in yeah. And he'll still be a, a titular head of our party. And um, he'll still have a lot of power. And whether he runs again in 24 or not, we don't know. But we've got plenty of good people standing behind him. It's not like he's the only donkey pulling the cart, you know what I mean? I mean, we've Let's got... say elephant. Elephants. Yeah, let that go. <laughs> my, my, ooh, bite my tongue, baby. He's not the only elephant there pulling you go. the cart. We are... We, that's the beauty of a democracy. You know, if if we lose a leader, somebody's there that can step in and take over. There's always somebody, somebody stepping up. Dozens that's right. of somebody's. A yeah. lot of us could take over and do it. And we have that ability because... We're a pluralistic society, and we encourage, at least until this point in history, we encourage uh, 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 the self-motivation and self-industry and self-discovery and, you know, all the things that are necessary to make us an independent people. And that's the one thing that uh, a lot of the old guys that used to tell me war stories from World War II, they said, you know, one of the big differences is that we were innovative, so if we lost our, sarge, our our lieutenant, our sergeant took over. If we lost our sergeant, our corporal took over. If we lost our corporal, one of us, other guys took over. If we had to fix something, we fixed it. You know, when they went through the hedgerows uh, in France, when they invaded uh, D-Day, Normandy, they couldn't get through the hedgerows initially because they were so dense they'd been growing for hundreds and hundreds of years, the, the hedgerows were the boundaries between the farms, and instead of fences, the farmers over the, over the millennia had just grown these humongous uh, bushes. And so one night, a couple of guys uh, from, from, the, uh, from the, uh, uh, the mechanics department of the, of the tanks said, hey, why don't we just take this fork off of this bulldozer and we'll weld it onto the front of the tank, and the tank can just rip that stuff right out of there. And that's what they did. And so overnight, they had a solution. They didn't have any authority to do that. There was no directive from above. There was nobody said, you know, there was no general or colonel saying, oh, yeah, I want you guys to do that. They just did it. You know, the Germans didn't do that. You know, they were afraid to move unless they had orders from above. They were afraid to do anything unless they unless they had direct uh, 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 orders from their, their superiors. And, you know, that's one of the beauties of 
of maintaining a free and open society is that we learn to be self-reliant and we have the ability to innovate and to uh, to make the necessary uh, changes to keep everything moving and that's that's what makes us in my opinion unique and great and we, we can't lose that can we got to hang on to that bud that's really important you bet we will because that's what we do and we're going to do that and uh you know, I wish everybody a happy holiday. I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We'll get a little music on the way out here. I'm Dr. Bill. Don't forget the antifungal nail gel study. We got telemedicine. We, we're treating COVID. We're taking care of everybody. We got hearts and lungs. And I'm out of here, bud. Love you guys. I won't dance. You won't sing.